Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Hello, and welcome to another Drinks with the DM. That's right, no new episode this week. The party is off, basically looking for all of the loot that they can find. You'll hear about that next week, but this week I've got a couple of important announcements, surprises, and a few cut scenes and bloopers for you to enjoy. So grab a drink and join me as we chat for a little bit. First, you might have noticed that the music at the beginning of this episode is a little different. It's actually not as different as you think. So our original music was written by Linnea Boyev, a wonderful friend who wrote that music specifically for Glibshark, which is the original podcast that Jack and John and I have been on for many, many, many years. Glibshark is actually the podcast that spawned Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, because when we were first putting together an idea for something to do at this big Rooster Teeth convention that we were going to to help raise money for charity, a live D&D game was the thing that we came up with. And we ran that D&D game for a couple of years before there was enough people asking for us to continue to do that all year round. So when we started doing Dungeon Drunks, we used that same theme music, which is awesome. Jack had the idea, though, that Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks was worth its own theme music and recontacted Linnea to ask her to compose something new. And she did something very unique. She actually took the original theme from Glibshark and reworked it into a more medieval fantasy type piece. And then she contacted me and said, hey, get your oboe out and play some of this. So I recorded a little bit of the theme and she did all of the editing and voila, we now have awesome new theme. So you'll be hearing that at the beginning and the end of all of our new podcasts. And I love it because I think it is appropriately fantasy medieval and it, it brings to mind the fact that I love bards. Next up, a lot of our episodes- oh, Excuse me, pardon me. Excuse me, excuse oh. me, coming in, pardon me, pardon me, please, anyway, oh. uh, enablers, I know you guys are having drinks with the DM, but uh, can, can, I, can you guys just let me in real quick? I, I just I just got to make a delivery, just please, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, sorry to intrude on your uh, little thing you got, your little get-together, if you will. Uh, I'm just here to drop off the uh, the lovely prize that we have. Uh, it is the Curse of Strahd. It was given to me uh, for DMing uh, the D&D convention roleplay rally in Austin back in January. Uh, they've actually got another one coming up uh, June 17th and 18th of this year, which I will probably be DMing as well. Uh, if not, then I'll definitely be playing. Uh, but not only did they give me this book to give to as a prize to our wonderful neighbors, I managed to get it signed by the one, the only, Chris Perkins down at PAX South for, uh, well, I wouldn't say stalking his panels. I was attending his panels, you know, and shouting uh, mayo when he brought up the alchemy jug. Uh, anyways, I uh, just wanted to drop this book off for you to give to our enablers. Uh, and if anybody wants to find out more about Roleplay Rally, they can go to roleplayrally.com. All right, uh, I'm going to go and slather the bear in some mayo, so I'll catch you guys later. Well, thanks. Okay, this is kind of awesome. So I guess we're going to have to come up with a contest 
in order to give this away. Why don't you go listen to some deleted scenes and a few bloopers? And by the time you come back from listening to that, we'll have a contest that you can enter into to try to win this awesome copy of The Curse of Strahd, signed by Chris Perkins. I just want to hold on. Hold on. I just want to think that it would be great if, like, our characters are waiting for things to come try to kill them. And they're just like, yo, yo, have you read, have you read that new serial about Luke Cage? Oh, did you see the play? <laughs> the performance that's happening? I thought they were going to keep that character to the Jessica Jones set of plays, but I am just amazed what they were able to. Like, we're all just standing around discussing. Bronwyn asks, have have you guys heard any new rumors about the Guardians of the Galaxy play? I, I haven't been in Waterdeep in a while. And then uh, bugs. <laughs> no, because you know, let me tell you what. What I have heard is that the theater group, the DC theater group, oof, they're just running themselves <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> hey, before Shadow takes his turn, I, I have an announcement that may date this podcast. Jack Chick, author of the infamous Chick track, Dark Dungeons, has died. No, no. Who's that? I'm, I'm not happy about anyone dying, but I'm not particularly stressed out about Jack Chick either because he was a terrible human being. No, oh, I don't know who this person is. Because he probably wrote a Chick track that said Dungeons and Dragons will turn your children into Satan worshippers. Dark Dungeons. That's the one. Yeah, okay. And yeah. he is a oh. he is a liar. And I will tell you why. Because his Chick track promised that if you got to be a ninth level cleric, you got a spell called Mind Shackle. And you got to also cast spells. You know what happened when my guy got to a ninth level cl- cleric? What? Jack shit. <laughs> I didn't get any dark spells or anything. Dark spells sound awesome. I'm a better Jack than he'll ever be. You're a better Jack than most Jacks, to be honest. This is very true. All right, any other questions before we begin? I, I'm choosing nail polish colors. Those don't give you any stat bonuses. Do you guys like this one, this one, this one, or this one? Uh, on the Skype, they look the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> Last time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, we had a party without Lauren. <laughs> you did, but that's okay. You cleaned up very nicely. Unfortunately, you left the um, the microphones running, so I heard everything. Basically, we left the nanny. We didn't hide the nanny cam. My favorite part was when you're like, everybody should talk all at once and screw up Lauren. I'm like, I'm just going to let it sound like gibberish on the audio. <laughs> Fuck you. Which is good, because I didn't actually say anything. I was like, rrr, rrr, rrr. there was a lot of just random destiny talk, I think. Uh, at yeah. least from my end. I mean, yes, usually I do a little bit of cut and paste when all of you... And, and usually it's not that you've actually talked at once. It's usually the lag from the Skype is just enough that two people talk at once. But You know, this is a good opportunity to say something uh, uh, for Jonathan, the actual player. One thing I've noticed since I've been going to doctors that deal with fat people is that they have extra wide chairs. <laughs> I've never seen that in a doctor's office before. Like Usually they have the normal chairs, chairs small and shame inducing. And then like they <laughs> have shit. fucking couches as like as doctor chairs. So I'm sitting there because I'm fat, but I'm not I'm not my 600 pound life yet and and it's it's amazing. So I I don't that that reminded me of that for some reason. <laughs> I have no response to that. I would not be surprised if that ended up in a bloopers and not in the actual show. My favorite thing is what they call their sandwiches in like other countries. So check this out. When we were in Portugal, if you wanted a chicken sandwich from Burger King, 
which I did get in a mall in Portugal, you ordered a chicken mythic. How epic does that sound? That's a really cool name. Royale with cheese. No, (laughs) it was literally not not pollo. Chicken, just called chicken mythic. Chicken mythic, that's awesome. I don't know you if I trust it. You ordered a goddamn chicken mythic, and, and it was amazing. Well, obrigado Portugal for uh, exactly. for upping our 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 game as a species. Well done. And it was good. <laughs> I swear to God, the fast food and like our McDonald's and Burger Kings in other countries are so much better than the ones here. Do you want to know something interesting about the Budweiser story and why they were successful? Sure. So. What was going on in the United States in the 19th century before the Prohibition movement is that there were a ton of small breweries. In fact, the amount of essentially small brewed beer available today has finally hit like the amount of small brewed beer available in the 19th century. And that in part has to do with the fact that a lot of people brewed their own beer, too. It was generally considered women's work. A lot of local taverns brewed their own beer, not all of them, but just about every place you go had a kind of local beer. And this was true like throughout Germany as well. A lot of the beers that we have today, and they were like, oh, well, this type of beer is this. And it's really less of that and more the fact that this type of beer was a general pale ale made in this region. And because of the water and the ingredients available, that is what we started calling it. So it took American beer a while to like develop. Now, big brewers, when prohibition hit, so you did start seeing these big growing nationwide breweries, often established by immigrants. And I said sort of mostly because I think Budweiser's not very good beer. Um, lots of immigrants get the job done very well, I just think. <laughs> In this case. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> but they employ a lot of people. They create a lot of jobs and they stimulate the economy. So all that being said, what would end up happening is for some large brewers, kind of like Budweiser, and I'm not 100% sure, but I do believe Budweiser was one of them, they survived prohibition because they were able to go into, they were able to change their manufacturing facilities into just bottling. Like, not necessarily beer, but, like, other kinds. They were able to produce other kinds of things and ride out the wave of Prohibition. And then when Prohibition was over, return to making beer. Um, So I'd have to do, like, a little more research to see if Budweiser falls in there. It's been such a long time since we did this beer event. But, like, in general, Budweiser, bigger breweries rode out Prohibition. And there wasn't, and we basically had to kind of like restart a lot of smaller breweries, which is why you saw a large portion of, you know, some of the 20th century dominated by these larger breweries. And there's other things like the rise of globalization and the way that our economy is changing in the United States. It has to do with like larger breweries and mass manufacture post World War II. But yeah, so... Jules, drop in the beer knowledge. (laughs) Welcome back. So finally, we've got this prize. It's pretty cool. We're assuming if you're listening to this right now, you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. So what we're asking is pretty simple. Would you go to our iTunes page and leave us a review? That's all. That's all you have to do. Just leave us a review. I'll leave it up to you what you'd like to say. Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and then let us know that you have done that. Preferably on Twitter, you can message us at Dungeon Drunks. So today is March 13th, 2017. You have until noon Pacific Standard Time on March 19th to write your review. All reviews written between those two dates will be entered into the contest. 
I will once again put all of the names into a lovely hat and have my wonderful husband and Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks official artist, Luke McKay, draw a name out of that hat, and that person will be contacted as the winner of this signed Curse of Strahd book. So remember, go to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know that you've reviewed our show, and you will be entered into the contest to win. We will make that announcement of the winner on Twitter, so go ahead and follow us at Dungeon Drunks. That's the best way to contact us. Well, my cup has run dry, so it's time to end this episode. Next week, we'll be back to Adventures with the Party as they examine the Fixer's Lair. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Drunks, or www.libshark.com. And see you next encounter.